When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's a road show for Hale Bar City Radio Thursday as uh, we are down here at the single barrel inside the graduate Nebraska and Wisconsin. They've tipped off and uh, good for the big red man. Nebraska taking a lead for the first time this afternoon, nine to eight. We are live streaming on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook uh, and Twitter. And can find us and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. And it's uh, the return of Chucky. Chucky Hepburn uh, right on script. Uh, Shot clock winding down. First possession of the game. Step back three and uh, drills it from downtown. But I'll say this about Nebraska and Trey McGowan's is getting the start. Uh, the Big Red are trading punches so far so good here the first four and a half minutes. And uh, just a couple of offensive extra looks for Wisconsin. But McGowan's such a difference maker. And Nebraska's really passing the ball well. And uh, there's been a Lat Mayan sighting also from three. Just missed a layup. But, hey, um, Chucky's back. Uh, that'll be a topic of discussion because it's well, it's been on your mind. And uh, you're reminded squarely of all that in-state talent that uh, has not found its way to Lincoln. And uh, I know it irks Nebraska fans, but, hey, uh, you got to win and you got to be better as a program. Uh, Nebraska right now trying to, uh, to to end this skit, right? They've had major issues in Big Ten play. They've been competitive some nights. They've been off and disinterested others, but... Uh, number 11 is here, and Nebraska's hanging tough with a lead here in the under-15 timeout. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Can email us, chris at hailvarsity.com. we got a lot to get into when it comes to uh, Nebraska basketball, in-state recruiting. Uh, recruiting is... The uh, second session winds down for the uh, winter signing day. Uh, Nebraska out in full force. Brandon Vogel going to be with us in about 20 minutes in hour two. Uh, Steve Marek will be with us from Hale Varsity. He'll be with us on site down here at the single barrel. So uh, be sure to check that out. And listen, if, if you couldn't make it down for Nebraska and Wisconsin, the 4 o'clock matinee, uh, the women are playing tonight uh, against Wisconsin, 8 o'clock. So uh, make some dinner plans. Come on by the single barrel, uh, get a whiskey, get a steak, and then go see Coach Williams and uh, her women do some work tonight down here till 6. Elijah, it's 
it's weird outside because before we came on the air, it looked like a little bit of a snow globe down here in the Haymarket, a little bit of snowfall. Uh, that has gone away, thankfully. And uh, it's just been a really weird winter with temperatures. It's been a really weird basketball game because Nebraska – kind of true to form, has come out, ran their offense, passed the basketball, shared the basketball, and they have a lead. But this is, dare I say it, typically danger time for Nebraska basketball. It's that first under-15 timeout where you're either up or down or trading blows with a team, and then it all goes sideways. Uh, that, that's how it's been in Big Ten play. That's how it's been in non-conference play for Nebraska. Hour two, Steve Morick with us, Gary Barnett. Danny Burkle joined us to preview the AFC-NFC title game. All right, you grew up here, Elijah. I grew up here. We're a little different in age. But when I was your age going to Nebraska basketball games, it was, it was incredible because I got to see – uh, the the golden era of Nebraska basketball. I got to see four straight NCAA tournaments in Section B at the Devaney Center. I got to see Danny Nee and Coach Jeff Smith and and Boone and Strick and and Pike and Chubbuck and I mean I can rattle those names off. Uh, Tony Farmer. I mean uh, Ty Lu. I mean five out of seven years I got to watch Nebraska basketball win on Big Monday beat Kansas, take down Oklahoma State, take down some one seeds on a cold Wednesday night in February. Uh, And Nebraska did it with Nebraska kids. Nebraska's maybe had as much in-state talent, generational talent, as they've had in a long time. And there's a a bit of an outcry uh, because Nebraska's not been able to get in-state talent to stay here. I don't blame that in-state talent for going elsewhere when you look at the uh, the numbers. 31 kids are playing Division One basketball currently, and there's three more kids that are seniors this season in high school ball that are going elsewhere. Jason Green, of course, headed to Creighton. Uh, Trout is off to Virginia. Chucky Hepburn's incredible and, and such a difference maker already as a freshman. Uh, Tim Miles probably would have had him, but you needed to make a change, or Nebraska did make a change. And uh, you're going to be reminded at least for three years of Chucky probably kicking your ass twice a year. So Nebraska fans want that in-state talent here. But, man, you got to win. I think Nebraska's tried. The new current, the new coaching staff has tried. Uh, and that, that talent they brought in, they brought in high-level recruiting classes. That talent's not translated on court. We're tied at 11 right now. Yeah, as you mentioned uh, the game back on, it's it's funny you were talking about the weather just, just a second ago because the Husker basketball team this year kind of feels like the Nebraska weather this year where it hasn't been actually all that bad for a winter time, but you know it's still winter. You know it's still winter. You know, you know the, the bad stuff's still coming. That's what it feels watching the Husker basketball team is. Yeah, they're hanging with Wisconsin, but you, you know that the, the snow is coming in the second half. If uh, it just Something's going to go wrong, and it's, it's going to make our lives terrible. Uh, but just to, to back to your point uh, about the, the in-state talent, I, I don't think I ever grew up watching Husker basketball where the, the in-state talent was good enough to, to carry the Husker basketball team where – 
Uh, it was it was the Doc Sadler teams growing up of of Lance Jeter and Alec Marks, where where they had to go far and wide to be able to get their mm-hmm. talent. And it was the same with Tim Miles, where uh, the the in-state talent wasn't here. And now we're at a point where, as you said, generational talents, the best uh, high school talent that is there's ever been in my lifetime in the state of Nebraska for for high school ball, and none of them are contributing to this Nebraska basketball team. Uh, and they, they've had opportunities. Donovan Williams was committed. Now he's uh, down at Oklahoma State playing down there. And uh, Hunter Salas kind of always seemed like he wanted to go elsewhere, but he was here. Isaac Trout, just all these guys that feels like you can build a, a high-level Division One basketball program on are finally in this state. And uh, the Husker basketball team, with most of these guys, barring a few exceptions, doesn't feel like they're even close to, to sniffing getting a commitment. No, and here's the problem. I mean, it's do you want to go win? Yes. And and Nebraska in a couple of instances in the last decade have won one trip to the NCAA tournament and one fringe trip where they ended up going to the NIT, the, the Palmer years, right? Uh, back in 17, 18, I think, where Nebraska finished fourth in the Big Ten and still got snuffed uh, out of the, uh, the, the NCAA tournament. Uh, what, what hurts is... You know, Miles had a window there to, to go to back-to-back NCAA tournaments. And I'm not knocking, man. I mean, good for, for Miles in 13-14 going to the tournament with Petaway and the no-sit Sunday crowd, right? That was awesome and, and memorable, and it was such a fun season. But you're, you're always you've always been building right you you've you've been building they've been through five different coaches i mean think about it man you since danny was ran off you uh you you've been through four other changes and and there's just been all right, even if you do make a connection, and I believe Tim Miles had good connection specifically with, with Hepburn. I mean, he was all over Chucky as a freshman and really good story out of the World Herald today on uh, on Chucky Hepburn. Listen, Nebraska's tried, but if you're an in-state kid, why, why come here and struggle for two years to maybe get to an NIT? They're thinking, if I can go to Gonzaga, be a sixth man for a year, and then uh, either jump up the draft, uh, boards if you're Salas or uh, by my, my sophomore year start average 12 to 15 and then get drafted in the top 15 theoretically and by the way go to another fi- go to a final four I mean that's that's the neighborhood Gonzaga's living in Creighton uh, doesn't always get in-state talent either they've done better than Nebraska and Creighton's in in a power league and more times than not they're a they're a they're an 18 to 20 win team and even if they're rebuilding, uh, they're going to be at least in an NIT. So it just kind of comes down to winning. Winning, And why do all the hard lifting if you've got some programming? Mean, look at Trout, man. Trout's, Trout's going to freaking Virginia. They're three years removed from a national championship. Okay? I mean, it's not like Nebraska's getting beat by case, and you know, all due respect, by Kansas State or, or Missouri or – you know, back in the day, you'd lose an in-state kid once every so often to to KU. I remember T.J. Pugh was the, the kid out of prep 100 years ago that ended up going to KU and had a nice career. Matt Hill, the pride of Lincoln Southeast, ended up going to Texas and played with Durant. So, I mean, these kids are going and doing what's best for them. Nebraska still leads 16-14. Uh, to 14, So, impressive for the Big Red Coming off of COVID protocol, that pause, we were supposed to be down here Tuesday, but of course the game got pushed back to right now, and there was some thought of Nebraska having to mask up. That got fixed, and uh, Nebraska's not having to wear a mask 
during uh, basketball action tonight. But uh, something's got to change, and that something is Nebraska winning and being competitive and, and being a destination. You've got the facilities. Uh, you have the, the passionate fan base. You have the infrastructure around PBA where the Haymarket and Rail Yard are, are a ton of fun. Uh, there's no fan base and party like a, a Nebraska basketball fan base and party. Football's football. It's a known quantity. Husker baseball gets rabid and supportive and is great. But when basketball's hot, man, people absolutely love it because it's been uh, too few and far between uh, sustained success except back when you did land all the in-state kids or regional kids and, and you went you went to the tournament uh, consecutively. Nebraska needs to get back to that. And uh, when you recruit, like Nebraska has, and, and Matt Abdelmassi's quote here in the World Herald article has gotten a little bit of scorn today. And, you know, the quote, I'll read the, the full quote here. With all due respect to the kids that have been in state, I feel like the kids we've added are quality players in their own right. I think it would be a major concern if you were not getting in-state kids and then also not getting any quality talent from outside the state. I don't think that's anything to do with our approach. I feel pretty strong at our approach, and it must be working with the kids that we've added to our program. On paper, Matt Abdelmassi and Fred Hoiberg have top 20 recruiting classes. On paper, Matt Abdelmassi and Fred Hoiberg have added talent. They brought in a five-star, for God's sake. And the thing is, is if you're going to lose or be competitive and lose, you get more slack if you're losing with in-state kids at home versus, all right, you're bringing in the portal kids, you're bringing in transfers. And the problem here has been that that, that talent's not translated and uh, you're now in year three and your record's been horrific and it's not that you've been beat it's not it's that you've been blown out and it's how you've been blown out it's not that that you're you're losing to uh, the number one team in the country by 30 it's that you're losing to Rutgers by 30 on the road you've seen this team quit a couple of times so it's it's the effort (laughs) it's the effort and it's the decision making and a lot of it's how this team plays now if you were to turn on nebraska basketball for the first time this season and you're through eight minutes seven eight minutes of this this first half year against number 11 wisconsin you're like what's the complaint man they're playing together a couple of three balls that maybe you don't maybe you don't take uh and it's kind of a lingering issue the the shot selection by this team, but it was within the offense. It wasn't a catch and shoot two seconds into the shot clock possession for a Bryce McGowan's three. Uh, Wisconsin's good. They just ran a pick and pop. Davidson uh, just just drilled one. How uh, old also, is that guy? He's six year guy. I mean, he he he's going to be wearing a comb over here in about a year. <laughs> All right. Uh, Wisconsin gets Tyler Wall back. He's been. Very good at it, it, six nine two twenty, and uh, right now you're you're eight and a half minutes in, and you're still up two. So Nebraska's been pretty good. Uh, lack of a closeout there. Wisconsin now is up uh, off of a screen, but I'll take sixteen points if I'm Nebraska. The other thing you're worried about here, Elijah, is when does Nebraska hit their lull? Mm-hmm. Right, you're going to have about four minutes of. No offense. So we'll see if uh, Nebraska can kind of kick that habit. We'll get into some football as well. Trev Alberts was on the Trev Alberts show last night with the network. 
and uh, you're going to have end zone seats that are going to get uh, two more inches. You'll shave off uh, some seats in the end zone, so there'll be a little bit more room. But uh, the topic of alcohol, here's the progression I see with Nebraska and alcohol. I think the, the first venue to, to get it, and I don't know when because it's a touchy, delicate situation, another three ball from Wisconsin as they're back up uh, by a bucket, 20 to 18. I think it'd be wise here to, to, to maybe sprinkle it in with Husker baseball, outdoor venue. You have taps already at Haymarket, and, and that'd be one thing. Uh, to do Uh, and then of course PBA already uh, set up Nebraska's answered with a three good for Kobe Webster good kick out to him as he just drilled a three 21 to 20 Nebraska's uh, three for six on three so far but I think you go this is your progression you start with baseball see if and I know Nebraskans can handle it but the naysayers are, are worried you go baseball then you go basketball and then you get it to football I think that's your progression. Uh, you take care of the Husker basketball, make that the Husker football fans with just more room in the stadium. Uh, maybe you, you look at a party deck for baseball. Haymarket's awesome, but there's some some tweaks. I mean, Park's 20 years old now, and then and, and then PBA's PBA. So I think that's that's the order. Maybe you look at. Uh, when you sprinkle in alcohol. Great to be with you. We're here at the Single Barrel. Come on down. Catch part of the Nebraska men's game with us. The women tip off tonight. Brandon Vogel's on the way. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back here at the Single Barrel Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Thursday. We're uh, catching Nebraska, Wisconsin, the matinee, and Come on down for a steak and some whiskey before Nebraska women tonight at 8 o'clock. Uh, Brad Davison, the, uh, we're going to call him the 35-year-old senior, is uh, three for four from three-point land. His uh, stroke is a lot like Vogue's from downtown. We welcome in managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine, Brandon Vogel with us at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogue's, uh, would, would you, would, how, how young do you think Brad Davison was at Wisconsin when, when he first got carded? 13, 14 years old? Seems that way. And, you know, and that's, that's a, good, a good way to come up if you can get it. Like, if you can get that scholarship at 14, and then just play 27 years at the University of Wisconsin. You know, doesn't have the earning potential of the NBA, but maybe now, like, you can you can offset that a little bit in the name measure like this era. Well, and you know to get Davidson to have that sixth season, a minivan had to be on the table. <laughs> of course. Yeah, because you get that old, you're you're in the minivan range. It's no longer the gold Camaro that that, that got Eric Dickerson to SMU allegedly. 
Um, it, it, it's the minivan. Need some space. He, he admitted that last week in the Eric Dickerson memoir, because I know you've ran out and bought his book, that uh, he told the story about getting the, the gold uh, Trans Am from A&M. What are they going to do, <laughs> repo it? Right, exactly. Um, so so good. I mean, I, I, I said allegedly to cover my bases, but I think it's pretty well established at this point that, yeah, I mean, SMU got the death penalty, so we know they were up to stuff. So, Vogues, uh, let's talk a little Nebraska football here. We'll get your thoughts on some Husker hoops as well. But you've got Nebraska full court pressing here. Bill Bush in Kansas City, Mickey in St. Louis, Whipple down in Arizona. He he didn't even bring his driver or his putter with him. Uh, Chins is in Bama and Texas, and Applewhite's going to do work in Texas. Dawson is back on the East Coast, and then Riola's hitting uh, Wisconsin and Chicago, Becton and Fisher down in Georgia and also in Florida. What kind of clothes do you expect? Do you expect any surprises Wednesday uh, with Nebraska football here, either portal or high school, or do you think it's pretty much A.J. Allen and, and that's that's it? Yeah, I'm not expecting any surprises yet. That said, like the list that you just read off is kind of, you know, matching the the, the superheroes up to their, their key positions of strength. So Dawson on the East Coast, Apple, Apple White in Texas, Whipple in Arizona. And, and you get a little bit of focus locally there too, which I think will become the bigger thing for, for Nebraska going forward. I mean, you know, we've all kind of noticed Mickey, Mickey Joseph making some strides that, that maybe Nebraska wouldn't have made otherwise locally. And, and that's always going to be the most important. Um, go, you, just the nature of Nebraska recruiting is you have to go out and, and find the best, best players you can get anywhere. It's, it's always been that way. It's probably going to continue to be that way. But the more you can get locally, I think the better off Nebraska is. Brandon Vogel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Brandon, it was a disappointing uh, class of 2022 uh, in terms of in-state talent going elsewhere. Uh, but looking towards the future, we've seen uh, Mickey Joseph making strides. Even Coach Rude has been uh, back up in Omaha uh, trying to make some strides. But is it a case of too little too late at this point? There's been a lot made of what Nebraska has added in the offseason from the, the early signing day and also in the transfer portal. Uh, but... To, to be making these strides now uh, up in Omaha and just in the state in year going into year five, is that, I, I mean, it's never too late to repair the relationships, but is it too little too late for the success on the field? Yeah, it's, it's, it's bordering on that probably. Um, you know, Nebraska did pretty well in that first full recruiting class. You know, they got Nick Henrich out of there. They got Chris Hickman out of there. Um, so, you know, it's not like Barrett Rude has, has missed the mark entirely, but past that, you know, Nebraska missed on a couple of guys that, that could have almost, you know, in, in my mind could have helped the Huskers um, in, in recent years. So getting back there, you know, really with, with college football, particularly now, I think, you're always almost like one season away. So you go in, you, you devote some extra attention to those guys in the 2023 class, and, and hopefully you can swing a couple of them. Swing a couple of them Nebraska's way, 
if, if Nebraska all of a sudden becomes, you know, starts winning and becomes a little bit trendier, then you've got an inroad for, for future classes. But, yeah, it, to this point, you're, you're fighting uphill a little bit. Can't, doesn't mean it can't change in one fall. So I think, I think Nebraska's approach to this has been pretty solid. Brandon Vogel's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. We're down here at the single barrel inside the graduate Nebraska-Wisconsin going on a out-of-control drive by Bryce McGowan's offensive foul. Here comes that uh, push by Wisconsin. Is Junior watching Nebraska basketball? Is he upset? No, he's not allowed. He's, um, we're just <laughs> trying to feed him enough, enough uh, rice crackers to, to keep him quiet enough to not be too disruptive of this segment but you know it's it's one of those things where the the best way to approach this is to play zone defense but at the at the moment I'm playing man to man and <laughs> my guy my guy's got got 18 points at half so we're doing <laughs> no I, I mean I he's he sounds happy he was doing a little John Bonham tribute when we came back from break I mean he's Bang. Is he a wooden spoon or a, or a spoon or a regular spoon guy? Oh, this is uh, this is just natural at this point. This is straight hand on high chair. So well, it's bongo drum time. I get you. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, ma- no, ma- no McConaughey movies. No McConaughey movies. <laughs> Brandon Vogel's with us uh, from Hale Varsity. So, Vogues, uh, I want to go back to. to kind of jump off of what Elijah was touching on here as far as in-state, and that was kind of our theme for Nebraska basketball, where Chucky's probably going to go for 20 tonight, <laughs> right? Remind <laughs> you uh, of what got away again, and that was different from our era growing up, because it was all in-state or regional kids that were taking Nebraska to the tournament, and it all started with, with Danny Nee and, and Rich King's living room, and getting him to buy in and come and nebraska's got to land that first uh, in-state kid whether it's fred or whoever's uh coming in and i think tim miles was was working on that with with chucky uh but you know changes were made and that's not new to nebraska basketball mickey joseph is going to make continue to make great connections in omaha he'll hustle he's not going to take omaha kids for granted he's not going to take nebraska kids for granted because he uh, he just he just understands it he didn't take louisiana kids for granted but with when we talk about proof and performance, you know, it's going to be fun to see what, what Betts does this year, an Omaha product, the big-time kid. That could be a really nice endorsement slash signal uh, for future Nebraska products, right? Not just Betts at the receiver spot with Mickey, but if Mickey's knocking on your door, see what I did with a, with a fellow Nebraska in-state kid. Uh, that's That's kind of interesting for me to watch and see how this season goes uh, for Bats and for Mickey. And I know it's a first year, but it could say a, a lot of things to, to future Nebraska kids looking again back at Nebraska. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a tough assignment to, to kind of set that tone right away. I mean, you know, by the time, say, Xavier Betts breaks out and becomes kind of all Big Ten caliber, you know, at that point, like, a lot of the battles already been fought. And it, 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 it helps you, no doubt. But it's just where Mickey came in, and this, is, this would be true for anybody, 
of, of trying to, to kind of get back maybe some of what what you lost a little bit is difficult. But, and I've, I've looked at this mostly from a, a football perspective as opposed to basketball, but I think it holds true in, in both places. Like, you know, if you're looking at equal players, one is in Omaha and one is in Milwaukee or wherever, um, the player in Omaha is almost always going to offer additional value because, you know, they're, they're more likely to stick around. Um, they're more likely to come in with a higher investment level in, in what Nebraska has to offer. So, so it, it, you get into intangibles really quickly, but I think that's the value of recruiting locally. If there's ever a borderline case, if I were a coaching staff, I would say we'll go local first, and if we can't get that, then we'll happily get it. That's that's gorgeous. I mean, <laughs> your take was money, but him saying preach on is even better and in the, the pro- background. And the professionalism from Vogue's here to just keep on he was just, through. He was on fire, man. Just tunnel vision. But, and, and that's how you can tell that uh, that Junior isn't watching Husker basketball because the babbling is far He's too happy. happy. Yeah. <laughs> Either that, either that, or he's got the uh, he's got Nebraska in, in the first half line. <laughs> uh, Nebraska's down by three. Webster a free throw, five minute mark, and good for Fred, man. He's got these guys playing hard. They're playing together. Uh, they're passing and sharing the ball. Uh, and again, they get smoked on an offensive rebound. I've jinxed it. Uh, there we go. A close out there. Vogues, they got about a minute left here. Do you got a feel for the uh, Chiefs and Bengals? We'll get your take on things. Do you think Burrow continues to, to go off in year two, or do you think it's too much Mahomes? Probably too much Mahomes. Um, you know, you, you've got to be wary of a team that, with, with the track record Kansas City has had lately, that kind of gets a, a stay of execution, so to speak. I mean, 13, 13 seconds left, and you end up tying that game. That 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 qualifies as a, a stay of execution in my mind. So you've kind of got to go with the team that's that's been there before. Um, Cincinnati is a great story. They're a ton of fun to watch. Like I'm not hugely invested in the NFL, but. I've loved watching their playoff games. So we'll see. You know, it, it could easily turn into, you know, a couple couple breaks here or there of Joe Burrow's kind of breakout moment. You know, not that he hasn't been good to this point. But, yeah, I, I've probably got to go with the Chiefs and where they've been, how used to, how used to this they are of late over, over the Bengals. Vogues will catch up Saturday, bud. Uh, Give Junior a fist pound. Thanks for the time today. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe 
and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out at Hail Varsity Radio Roadshow Thursday. We're supposed to be here Tuesday, but the old uh, COVID middle finger moved things as we're at the uh, single barrel. Whiskey is their specialty, 250 to choose from. A lot of beer on tap. Their steaks are unbeaten. Last time I was here, Coach Jeff Smith and I split the butcher's board. That was a slab of ribs. That was incredible brisket. That was a a sirloin and a ribeye. And uh, toasted bread was incredible. What else am I missing? Oh, they, they had... They had it all, and I taunted Elijah with the picture. He's back at our ESPN studios. Uh, Steve Marek is, is with us here on site, and uh, Elijah Steve left this ball game uh, with about eight, ten minutes left. It's now 2.46 till half, and Steve may have been the good luck charm yeah. uh, in, in, that, uh, in that first half for Nebraska. Let me tell you how things shook out. We're talking four minutes and change. Nebraska's down three. They have possession. Your your fifth-year dude, Kobe Webster, is dribbling around the top of the key with probably, I don't know, 20 seconds left on the shot clock. Let's do a step-back three because I've got some airspace. It draws backboard. That's it. Wisconsin goes down and scores. They're up five, right? Uh, okay, so next possession. Uh, McGowan's uh, does a crossover. And wing step back three, Clank, Wisconsin rebounds. They go down and score. That's how you go down in contention with a three-point ball game to down seven. And Wisconsin, again, has a chance to stretch this out. Fred called a timeout. I hope he uh, lost his mind because it's the same thing. Offensive rebound, three ball, bang. It's now a 10-point game. Elijah, you're not shocked here, bud. Oh, not not at all. No, no. This has been the story of Husker basketball. I, mean, I was saying it earlier. It's like the it's like the winter weather here in Nebraska. You know the snow is coming. It hasn't hit us so far yet this year, but February is still right around the corner, and even March, it's coming. Steve, good to be with you. Thanks for coming in, man. Yeah. Uh, and uh, are you are you sad that we we uh, <laughs> you left men's basketball? No, you know I'd love to always come come out with you, uh, Chris, and 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 talk ball. It's always fun, and this is my first live live uh, radio hit, so I'm really excited. Couldn't couldn't wait. Well, you're you're here, and uh, you'll be covering the women tonight. Bob's on the horn. Let's go to the phones here at Hale Varsity Radio. Bob, thanks for your patience. Go ahead, bud. Hey, Chris, congratulations on your award. Hey, man, thank you so much. Nice going. Um, I, I hope that it's the Bengals and the Niners in the in the Super Bowl. I have a bittersweet memory about that game. My ex-wife, who now is, is deceased, and I watched that game in '82 when Joe Montana uh, and the Niners went up against the Bengals in 1982. And the fighting I, I, Chris I would Collins like happened again. That'd be the th- you know Bob. That'd be the third uh, Super Bowl between Cincinnati. And exactly. San Francisco, the, the largest audience ever. 
to watch a Super Bowl was in the not not live, but the, the TV audience was at 82 Super Bowl uh, in the Silverdome. Detroit, yes, won a bid <laughs> for for a yep. Super Bowl, and uh, yeah, I mean that was that was the magic of, of Dwight Clark, uh, the magic of Ronnie yeah. Lott, and uh, of course yep. uh, you had uh, Montana float one over Ed Tutal Jones's grasp in the NFC Championship game, and Cincinnati was good. Collinsworth was on that team. I think he was a second-year guy. And then I remember the uh, the game uh, where Montana outdueled Boomer Esiason down in Miami. That was one of my that's childhood that's Super Bowls. exactly right, yes. Yep. Well, you know, I, I, I tell you, I'm looking forward to the Niners doing it again to the Bengals. I mean, I don't believe in this twice and then you lose the third time crap. Uh, you know, I... I think if they can, you know, Jimmy G has got a is, is real important to the to the outcome of the game. But you know, I just I I really really look at the Niners having a very very good defense. Oh, uh, and they they do, Bob, and, and they've got Bosa and they've got. Uh, uh, Armstead off the edge. Their secondary has been been good, and and and, and yeah. you've got uh, Debo's been incredible. Their running game's been and remember nice. Remember this, Chris. Mm-hmm. Remember this. The the Rams at one point in, in the game they played this year had a seventeen to three lead on the Niners, and the Niners came back and got them. Niners might just have their number. Bob, appreciate you, you calling in, brother. You have a good weekend and cheer for your Bengals. I ain't going to. You do the Cheer same. for your Thank 49ers, you. man. Take care, bud. So, Tell yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting on, on both fronts here. I'm going to be honest. I can't handle another Jimmy G Super Bowl. Oh, man. I, I just I can't do it. I think I have visions of, of a shootout between the Rams and Chiefs from – a couple of years ago yeah. in my head, and yeah. that's what I want. I want a high-scoring, entertaining Super Bowl because you kind of had a, a slog fest the first time you had the Chiefs and 49ers, and then Tampa somehow, some way, and I was happy for all the Nebraska contingent on that Tampa team with Levante and Sue. But that thing was just kind of a ho-hum ball game, too. Give me some sort of shootout. That's what I want this Super Bowl. You're not ever going to tap top last weekend with – Mm-hmm. The finish in Kansas City, and quite frankly, the finish uh, down in Tampa. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, G- Jimmy G. That was kind of hard to watch, wasn't it? Just a little bit. Like he, it was a, it was an Iowa win. Yeah, That's what it was. <laughs> He'd fit in nicely with Kirk Ferentz and the crew over <laughs> over East. But uh, yeah, it's uh, sometimes it's a little little tough watching Jimmy G. He doesn't doesn't seem like he brings a lot to the table in my opinion no he, don't, don't screw it up right i think shanahan's a good coach go ahead elijah so he's a lead at handing that ball off but it's it's a there you go it's a story of one of these things is not like the other when you look at the quarterback still remaining in the playoffs with mahomes and uh, joe burrow and matt stafford and then jimmy garoppolo it's just it, yeah, i don't think we're, we're we're at a point in the nfl where you can go and win a super bowl with a quarterback who's not elite one of those top 10 guys and, and jimmy garoppolo isn't a top 10 guy but i see chris rolling his eyes at whatever's happening in husker basketball well you, you get a point blank look down low to lat and it's like the ball was on fire because it got dropped on the end line so <laughs> I, I don't you know not that i'm rooting i don't root anymore i, I don't have a wager on this thing We'll hear Danny Burke from Vison Sports Network, and I always check in with Danny as the half-court heave is 
too hard off the iron, no good. So an eight-point difference. Wisconsin goes to halftime, 39-38. Brad Davidson, the 47-year-old senior, <laughs> with uh, I think he's four for five from three-point land. And uh, Wiltshire's been in his face. Uh, Verge was in his face. They've had good contests, but his elevation's too good. He's been hitting shots. I mean, they have been playing most 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 of the time. I think solid defense and getting a hand in their faces. But those Wisconsin guards are knocking them down. Today. Well, what's what's it's beautiful to watch Wisconsin's offense. And someone put a shock collar on me, uh, but they'll they'll throw it down low, and and you'll see great playmaking. You'll see Wall turn and kick it out from left block to, to the right wing. Yeah. They know where their guys are at, spotted up, and they there's five passes. And there's a good look. There's little isolation and forced plays. I feel bad for Verge, too, because Verge, at least from what I've been able to watch, Verge has been under control today. Yeah. And and the shots he's he's got are, they're not quite to the rim, but they're, they're those little floaters within 8 to 10 feet, and they've just rattled off. We'll wind down hour one uh, as uh, Steve Marek from Hale Varsity on site with us. We're here. In the single barrel, inside the graduate ahead of Nebraska and Wisconsin women. We're checking out Nebraska and Wisconsin men here. The first half is done. We'll wind down hour one with Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down this first hour, it's a road show Thursday here at the single barrel. We're here for Nebraska basketball. The game tipping off because of the, uh, the let's play two Thursday. The women tonight at 8. Steve Mara covers uh, Nebraska women, does an amazing job with Hale Varsity. He's on site with us here uh, through uh, the end of this first hour. And next segment, we'll dive into some Nebraska football depth chart thoughts as well as Husker baseball as practice gets rolling for Coach Bolt tomorrow. Uh, Steve, you have the, the women that are in action tonight. Wisconsin comes to town. Coach Williams has had a, a really good season. Nebraska's right on that fringe of – I mean, they've had some big wins, and they're in the thick of it in conference play. And you've done a really fun job of covering the, the, the women. And, you know, you're, you're diving in. you got some stuff in the works, it sounds like, with uh, some, some player profiles. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, uh, one thing that I wanted to continue to kind of dig deeper and, and cover cover this team and, and some of the really good individual players that they have and a lot of a lot of good young ones mm-hmm. we've had, too, to two true freshmen with Alexis Markowski from here uh, nearby in Lincoln Pius X and then uh, uh, Allison Weiner near from my hometown of, of Humphrey, Nebraska. So, uh, yeah, we, we got a lot of things in the works here, and I'm excited to get going with them. So were you part of the Humphrey St. Francis machines? Yeah, so I didn't go to Humphrey St. Francis. I went to Howells, okay. Nebraska, okay. which is right down the road from Humphrey. So we were uh, playing Humphrey and Humphrey St. Francis all the time. Okay. Yeah, we were taught to not like the Flyers. So, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, Allison's been really fun to watch and she's uh kind of i think she's had a really good transition from class d basketball oh, in nebraska sure. to the big 10 she's she was a uh, um forced to i guess kind of step into a starting role um mm-hmm. against uh iowa with a sam hybe shoulder injury and she did pretty well with uh i think it was eight points and five assists so well and alexis and elijah you can jump in too because you you've seen uh, a lot of high school girls basketball as well we we all know alexis markowski's an incredible player but for her impact and really not to blink i mean to match up physically and we're not awarding her or anointing her i mean she's the last to, to, to think that but she's really transitioned well 
uh, in Big Ten play. I mean, she's held her own, and she's she's been really dominant at times. Yeah, and, and we saw that even last year uh, where she'd be going against smaller girls in Nebraska high school basketball, obviously, but she never let a, a shot blocker come over and affect her shot. It just felt like no matter what, she was going to get the look that she wanted. And you were wondering how that was going to translate up to high-level Division One, going up against bigger girls, uh, girls that have weight on her, girls that have height on her. And yet sure. it, it's still just incredible where she'll, there'll be a hand in the face, a good shot contestant, it will not matter. She just get, puts it off the backboard and in. feels like every single time she's so consistent down low. And it's Something that you really don't see with the Husker men's basketball team being able to, to go get your shot down in the lane without letting the, uh, the shot blocker coming over affecting you. Well, and you're making the smart basketball play. How many times does Markowski gather and then get out of a, get out of a tough situation for yeah. a better shot? Yeah, I think she's well coached in that area too where mm-hmm. if, she ha- if she senses any kind of trouble, a double team coming over, she's getting better at getting the ball mm-hmm. out to, to wherever that uh, help comes from for an open shot too. She's added range. I yep. mean, she's been really good from distance and, and kind of stretching the, the defense out. And we love our chats with Andy Markowski, Steve Marek with us from Hale Varsity. We're streaming live on uh, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter feed at ESPN Lincoln. Can follow that. Can follow Hale Varsity at Steve underscore Marek is where you follow him on Twitter at Elijah Herbal Herbal Essence at Herbal Essence for Elijah's Twitter. Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore Radio. Also video streaming on StreamYard with ESPN Lincoln's Facebook. Robbie Hummel needs a drink. <laughs> Every time Robbie Hummel's on BTN, he's either in Lincoln or he's having to cover Lincoln. We'll see if Nebraska bounces back down eight and a half. Hour two on the way. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Steve Mark from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine on site with us. We're down here at the single barrel. We uh, got going here at 4 as Nebraska uh, tipped off for the matinee against Wisconsin. Really tough shot here to start the second half by Bryce McGowan's. A settle from 3 as uh, Wisconsin Tyler Wall just drilled a three danger time for Nebraska basketball. They went uh, to halftime down 39-31. They scored off of a dunk. Nice step through by Wall again. And this is when the wheels may fall off. The the lead now 46 to 33. Uh, Steve, it's, it's really tough. And we'll see if Nebraska can work some offense. They're going into Walker here. Yeah, this We've is got what, a good look. This is what I uh, like to call the danger zone for the teams that are losing. This is a danger zone for Nebraska right now. They need to not let this lead get above 
I don't know. It's going to be hard, but 15, but. <laughs> well, and, and you, you give up a foul down low. Yep. If yep. we're scoring at home, Chucky Hepburn's return to uh, PBA where he won the state title as a junior for Bell West. He is three for five from three. Uh, Brad Davis and the 37-year-old senior is, I believe, five for five from three. So two of the guards for Wisconsin, Elijah, combined eight or eight of ten from three-point land. But you're not you're not surprised. You know, I, I like that uh, the the danger zone thing though, because I got Thank this you. ready to go. Oh, oh yeah. no, you're not going to do it. <laughs> Are you going to play it? Oh wait, there you go. There we go, Elijah. <laughs> Careful, Nebraska. Careful. Yeah, I, I had that ready. I had to sit through a whole ad. I was like, I am going to get this in no matter what. I am going to make sure that this, uh, this song gets Nebraska in. Nebraska is goose right now, and the parachute didn't open. <laughs> oh, man. R.I.P. I'm Sorry. really excited for that new uh, that new Top Gun movie, though. That should be yeah. good. I feel like it's I'll been watch on, it. I've been waiting it's for it. It's been on the shelf like for yeah. four years. Yeah, it has. Uh, is Meg Ryan in it or not? I, I, as long as they got that beach volleyball scene, I'll be happy. My sweet Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, right now I'm just picturing Tom Cruise shirtless playing sand volleyball at his current age. Right, and why not? Hey, because, he probably looks a lot better oh, than, he's, than he's, I do. Dude, so. he's, he's still, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's doing a rocky workout in Aspen right now. Absolutely. As, as, we, as we speak. Let's dial this <laughs> yeah, back to sports. <laughs> and, and we're going we're gonna to point the, the finger at Elijah for the uh, Tom Cruise volleyball reference. <clears throat> uh, Lat again driving and missing to the rim. Bless his heart. At least it was a closer shot. Okay, Nebraska football. Spring ball's around the corner. Uh, and uh, it'll be a, a really entertaining and uh, educational spring because of, of all the positions of all the, the new additions and we spent time kind of projecting but but steve it's it's hard to know where nebraska is going to be on the offensive line with with where the pieces fit let's go there elijah you jump in because you're a lineman as well but uh, what what do you believe i'll ask you steve and then elijah you jump in i believe that and you know this is just based off uh, some of what searles is talk to us about on air about Corcoran making that move inside to center. Is that something you guys are all right with, or would you like to see him still try and maybe put some weight on and still work at a tackle? You know, I would like to, I would like to see uh, Turner, like, I guess not nobody like give up on him at tackle because he's still a young player. Yeah, he's only still a season. Exactly. Really. And, and, you know, sometimes people roll their eyes when they talk about the age thing, but like, we did a story at Hell Varsity about the, the average age of first and second team all-conference linemen. They're all seniors and juniors yeah. and, like, fourth and fifth and sixth-year guys. So, like, to just to write off a guy like Turner Corker, and I don't think is right, but, like, you know, if, if it's going to benefit the offensive line as a whole, as a unit, if Donovan Raiola thinks that that would help, like, putting, a, putting an athlete like Turner at, at center – Sure, by all means, do it. It's for the best best thing for the offense. But yeah, that's something that Donovan's gonna have to gonna have to figure out going forward. But um, me personally, I would like to see Turner at, at tackle. And you move him to, to center because you don't like what you've got there. Exactly. Right? Yeah, the options are, are kind of lacking. They're limited, and, and you just don't know. I mean, Hickson's yes. got got a little bit more of a, and he's still a big guy. But I mean, Turner's. Tall. Yeah, six. Yeah, I would imagine Elijah that that's a that's a hard ask, and that kind of speaks to how amazing of an athlete Jurgens was at six five. 
to play center. I mean, look look at Linderbaum. I mean, he was what six two, six three, maybe six three and a half, and. He, You've played on the line. You know how tough it is to to stay low and keep that pad level below the defensive lineman. I don't know. I think Turner uh, had some struggles off the edge. Uh, I know from a weight standpoint, he's he's a lean tackle, a lean athlete. And sometimes he'd just get overpowered or he'd get off balance. And, I mean, he was going, I mean, you're going to have seven to ten edge rushers and just not Karloftis. Okay, or Ohio State's edge guys. I mean, look at Illinois' guys. I mean, look at the West. They all have the the, the Vander, whatever, the the German dude for uh, for Iowa. They're all going to get drafted or signed. Nebraska didn't have a Saturday where they didn't have some psycho off the edge uh, (laughs) going after Adrian. And and by the way, to, to Steve's point, you know, you, you, you've got a, a whopping 13 total career games for Turner yeah. uh, on the outside. Well, yeah, and the, the question isn't who can go in and, and replace Cam Jurgens because what Cam Jurgens brought to that line last year was special. Uh, mm-hmm. With his, his ability to go get up to second level, uh, to be as athletic as some of those Big Ten linebackers he was going up against, that, that's a that's a hard job. And I, I wonder how a guy that's six foot seven is going to be able to go slot into that center position, being able to to go be as athletic as these linebackers. Not to mention uh, he's kind of the leader of the offensive line that takes on an added responsibility. And I know it's a different level, but back in high school, I got moved from center to tackle because I was just too tall to play a center. You have a lot of these mm-hmm. stubby little nose guards. It's like it's like trying to get a tree stump out of the ground, like. If you have to get yes. so low under them. Fire hydrants. Yeah, it's it's really tough to do, especially whenever you're talking not me, 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, you're talking a guy who's six foot seven trying to make that move inside. Uh, and I, I'm not discounting that it, it could work. Uh, I'm not the one seeing practice every single day. I'm not seeing uh, the potential to move in there. But that's a that's a tough a tough ask for a tackle to be able to go in and make the, the changes you're going to need to make to your body in one offseason to be able to go play at the center position. It makes a lot more sense for me to, to move a guy like Nuruddin inside. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and play him at center or to take a guy uh, like uh, Latovsky and move him inside to center. No, he's a big guy, but I think he can still work at center. That makes more sense to me. Once you start getting above that 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six mark, you, you go, man, is that guy really going to be able to play center at, at a high level? It's, it, it's, it's just really tough for those big guys to be able to play center. I mean, I want to see Ben Hart and I want to see Corcoran uh, get a shot, get more reps. And I know Ben Hart's played more football than, than Turner. But both the guys are talented, they're athletic, they're tough, they're good. They just need to, to get some confidence and settle in. Uh, they need, and, and, and uh, Nuri is, is good, Lutoski's an option. I think Kevin Williams could be really nice. Yeah. The Oklahoma State kid also could be really nice. Well, what else, what else uh, and I know Raiola will, will get it fixed. Yeah. Uh, Steve, a thought here on offense, I know quarterbacks – are, are the most popular position to talk about. But where are you betting here confidence-wise? Do you think you see a pretty high level of emergence with the wide receiver group? Or do you think that running back room takes a step up if you were to pick between the two position groups? Man, I, I, I think they're I'd both have, fun to, to, the, to They're to both talk fun about. to talk about, absolutely. But I'd have to go with the receivers. I mean, there are so many, like, names that I, like, think have – so much potential to like do great things if if everything kind of works with the offensive line and and whoever ends up winning the job at quarterback and throw accurate balls i mean you have omar manning that's that's six four two thirty on mm-hmm. the outside at the x you got a guy like xavier xavier 
um, Xavier Betts, Betts. Mm-hmm. six two, just big bodies, and then a guy like Trey Trey Palmer who can line up in the slot, and he's like done some re- great re- um, things in the return game. That right there is a, a a core of three dudes that if they can like stay consistently on the on the field. You have so much firepower and so many options. Uh, don't you agree with me? Well, like, I, I think so, and I think the guy that I mean, we got Nixon and and, and Alante, and we yeah. you know, we, we don't play for Nebraska, but we, when I say we, I mean, you look at at that receiver room. Brown and Nixon are both slot guys that yeah, can wear are. out and wear out uh, some matchups and get up the seam or, or just kill it on the quick out routes. Yeah, absolutely. And there, like you bringing up those names is a great point because that's when the rotation can come in and you're like rotating those guys in and out and it just gives you fresh legs, an opportunity for fresh legs and an offense that can just like stay on pace and, and keep hitting a defense where they're where they're weakest. It's yeah, this this receiver room with especially who's coaching them mm-hmm. with with Mickey Joseph and everything. It's Man, I'm I'm really excited for what this offense can be with Mark Whipple's kind of passing concepts, passing games, and Scott's run game. Because at the end of the day, Scott's a Scott can draw up good plays. Like we know that, I think. But uh, so yeah, it's just going to be really interesting to see to see a, a spring of of them kind of going through and going through the personnel and and picking picking who they want to run with here. Give me your top two at running back. Okay, I'm going to go with Anthony Grant, the kid from New Mexico Military Institute. What he showed um, at the JUCO level was just nothing short of amazing. He was really, really fun to watch. He's in the mold of that of a Dedrick Mills type of six, just a sturdy built kid, six, um, uh, uh, 5'11", 210 pounds. And then, I don't know, I, I really like what Ramir Johnson still brings. It could be like a thunder lightning type thing mm-hmm. with with uh, Anthony Grant doing a lot of the a lot of the workload, maybe in between the tackles, and then. Ramirez there with the speed. He has the best speed of the of the of the running backs, I think. And I'll, you know, just those those two. And maybe maybe if uh, Jacques Yant um, fixes his issues that he's had, um, I think he's another option that could um, be in line for playing time. And really, you know, we, we saw what we could do with uh, with the game against Northwestern. And if everything clicks for him on and off the field, I think he has a really special special talent that would work here. Elijah, let's dive in to you real quick on Yant and it ain't about ability with Yant it's about playbook and being comfortable and held accountable Ron Brown held him accountable the last two games Uh, I I have a feeling uh, Coach Applewhite will do the same Nebraska will not bail on him because he's a gem when you look at size feet speed as long as he doesn't need himself out of the program legit i mean because over the summer the kid got up to 270 yeah they told him to lose weight yeah, they, they, yeah. they straight up said that you we are locking the door and you're going in the steam room i mean well did, it did comes you, down to, to choices right did you see the picture he posted i think it was on his instagram page yeah where he did. showed uh it was himself from like one of the first practices from fall camp last year and then what he's doing now in winter conditioning it, it's a complete body transformation so if he is doing the same things uh, in terms of being able to pick up the offense and pick up how to be a division one running back on the field as he's putting in commitment off the field, which he has for the past six months. I really like his chances of at least finding a role within this offense. He had the, the Northwestern game last year where everyone thought, oh, this guy's the, the second coming of whatever running back you want to put in the, in the history of Nebraska football. And Obviously, he had to take his lumps as a freshman, but I think he can find a very valuable place as a short yardage back, a guy who can come bring in to be a thumper inside the 10-yard line, a guy where we, we saw Nebraska's struggles running the ball third and one, fourth and one last year. If you have a guy like Jacquez Yant that can just 
get hit at the line of scrimmage and fall forward. That's a first down every single time. So I, I think he can find a valuable role in this offense. Uh, whenever we saw what Ramir Johnson did last season, I'm not sure he's ready to take that step of being a, a three or four down running back. But I, I do believe there's, there's a chance that he can have a very, very valuable role in the offense. But I think with the running backs, it comes down a lot more to the success of the offensive line. There's, there's absolutely a toughness and a we versus me attitude Ramirez had. I mean, Ramirez kind of the, the guy that can show the rest of the group yeah. the perseverance needed. And, mm-hmm. and you're going to have a different voice, and you're going to have a better rotation. You're going to have more certainty with who's carrying, why they're carrying, and what you need to do to get better. I think that there was so much, there was so much frustration in the running back room last year because it, it felt like guys didn't know where they, they stood. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think they understood um, what, what was kind of expected to get on the field and stay on the field. Did, did the coaches either? I don't know. That's just in the past, and now we're now we're here. Now mm-hmm. uh, Brian Applewhite is here, so we can move on from that. But it was just an odd situation last year with how that rotation was and everything. And uh, Elijah was bringing up a good point with with Ramir Johnson. I think he he can have a. I think he's a really good athlete, and man, did he run hard! He can catch the ball too. I mean, he's yeah, good on absolutely. that wheel route. At the end of the day, he's a five foot ten, hundred eighty five pound running back in the Big Ten. He's gonna get he's gonna get knocked up. He's gonna get nicked up. He might miss time. That's why it's it, it'd be great if like two or three guys. He's a wing back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, body wise, he's a he's a wing yes. back that's that's running tough between the tackles. Steve Marek is here on site. We're at the Single Barrel Roadshow Thursday, Nebraska basketball. It is slipping away as the Huskers down 13 at PBA. Steve will be on site tonight at PBA for the Nebraska women against Wisconsin. Coming up, Gary Barnett will get his take on some college football, specifically the Big Ten going divisionless. It's like uh, the tagless uh, boxer briefs, right? Uh, you'll uh, hear from Ann, uh, from uh, our friend Danny Burke, pride of Chicago, Burke's best bets. Steve, it's been awesome to hang out. We will get into some baseball next time with you. I know you're all geared up for the presser tomorrow ahead of Nebraska's first yep. practice at 1. Absolutely. Will Bolton company uh, are, are going to gear up and uh, try and live up to that number 20 preseason ranking and uh, find their way to a super regional perhaps. Maybe yeah. Omaha. I mean, the, the dates of the College World Series have been released. Yeah, they have. The uh, the 18th through the 25th. Uh, so that is, uh, we can dream about that. Steve, appreciate your time. Good stuff from Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. We're here. The Single Barrel. Come on down. Get a steak, get a beer, get a whiskey. And uh, if you need something to eat before the Nebraska women tip off at 8 tonight, down here till 6 at the Single Barrel. Gary Barnett next with Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. 
Back into it at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery Roadshow Thursday, down here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate Husker basketball uh, going on right now. The Big Red hosting Wisconsin. We're on the road. We say hi to the Hall of Fame coach, Gary Barnett. Coach, I know uh, recruiting's wrapping up and spring ball's on the horizon for uh, a lot of folks, but there's always some news that comes out. And you know what? The Big Ten's rethinking their schedule uh, and divisions. But before we get into that, how's the week been? Uh, are the, uh, is the menu made for the weekend? And, and have you played some golf? Uh, the week's been fine. I have played golf every day. Uh, actually having the Minnesota men's golf team, uh, over to a friend of mine's on Saturday. Oh, wow. I'm going to play with them Saturday. I'm going to play with them Saturday morning and I'm taking over three racks of ribs for the dinner that night. So I'm, I'm getting ready to do a little rib smoking. Man, that, that's just the way to do it. You're going to. You're going to go take on Goldie, Gopher, and, and then you're going to feed him. <laughs> so that works. That works. Uh, Coach, a, a thought here. Uh, Scott Docterman put this story out from The Athletic, and, uh, you know, the Big Ten's kind of weighing some things here. Is In the name of playoff expansion, you want to position yourself for as many teams as possible. What are your thoughts? What's your reaction to, to potentially going away from divisions? Yeah, I actually saw that article, and and I am I, I'm not sure I'm in favor of all of it, but I think it's probably that's it's going to happen, and so you just sort of got to ride with it a little bit, and and look at what the possibilities are, uh, and, and I read through all the possibilities that are out there, and, and it, you know it isn't a simple thing, and somebody's going to be upset, and that's just the way it goes. But I think if indeed they're thinking about the playoffs and the best way to get teams into the playoffs, uh, then I think it's, it's inevitable. I think the ACC's done it already. So it's, it's not like you're breaking, you know, doing it for the, inventing the uh, doggone thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think the PAC 12 is going to have to do the same thing. Uh, and I don't know, the SEC will probably be the last to go to it, but I think it's probably the best thing looking at the rivalries though, that get perpetuated, um, you know, I, every school is going to, they're going to wish they had one more. Or, uh, and, I mean, the article had them, each school having three rivalries the, and trying to hold on to the old-time rivalries within the Big Ten and then with the new teams creating rivalries as well. And so, meaning, of course, Maryland and Rutgers, but um, – you know, I think uh, everybody's going to wish they had one more. Mm-hmm. Uh, some guys are going to wish they had one less. <laughs> sure. They get stuck with both Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State. But um, I didn't see anybody in that position. So, But I do think it's overall it's probably the best thing. Um, you know, they, uh, uh, the article went on to discuss, you know, talk to the various sports writers and in those uh, Big Ten schools or around those Big Ten schools and see which which ones would like to have somebody else or an additional one or whatever. And that's always going to happen. But I think it's the very best thing, Chris. I, I mean, if you're if that's what you want, if that's what everybody wants, and that's the, the playoffs to be what's most important, then I think you've got to go that direction. All right. Nebraska, we, we kicked it around yesterday. We think Iowa, Wisconsin, either Minnesota or Northwestern, you're going to get uh, home and home with 
the rest of the Big Ten, and you're just going to kind of go through the rotation, right? I mean, you'll you'll end up yes. still seeing Michigan. You'll end up still seeing Ohio State, Michigan State. Okay, let's go back in time. Who would you have wanted for Northwestern if if you got to make this call? You got to pick three. Yeah, well, now understand that Nebraska wasn't part of the uh, Big I, Ten right. when I was there, so I, I would I would go back and frankly, I would, I'd want to keep uh, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I went in there, we established that as a as a rivalry. Well, you know, it, was, it, it isn't anything in the anything that's really important, except that that's how I got our program to start thinking in the right direction. So, you know, that would be a very selfish thing is to keep Iowa. <clears throat> I think they have to play uh, uh, probably have to play uh, Illinois for sure. I think. Um, Probably Wisconsin. That's always been a good one. And then, you know, I would want probably Michigan is, okay. is who I would want. Um, but could live with um, really anybody else. I think for the most part, could live with Michigan State. Could live with now Nebraska. You know, I don't see anything with Minnesota. I don't see anything with Indiana. Um, maybe Purdue, but not so much. I don't see anything on the East Coast, although one of the articles stated that, uh, uh, you know, another uh, an East Coast school would help them in recruiting. Eh, it doesn't make any difference. Coach, I thought if, if you're going to get rid of one of those conference games, you go from nine to eight for an alliance game. I'm in favor of that, and that's no disrespect to Rutgers or Maryland. Just don't really care. I'd rather Nebraska has history with Colorado, right? Because the Pac-12 is part of the alliance. Nebraska's got a home and home two years from now against the Buffs. Nebraska has some history with Florida State, with Miami, right? I mean, would you would you trade a, a conference game, a would be conference opponent for a team out of the Pac-12 or or? Uh, Big 12 or ACC or I mean how would do you like that idea? Well, I think if I were in the coaching position and and was reacting to that selfishly, I think I probably wouldn't. Okay. But Nebraska, Colorado, that's a different deal. Uh Northwestern and who? Yeah, you know, I don't know. They don't have a history with anybody outside of that. So, but I think that overall, looking down the road as to where things are going to go, I think it's a must that they play these alliance games because you're going to have to sooner or later provide value to make the leap to the very next level. Now that's 10 years down the road, maybe, but I I think it's important to each school to go ahead and play those games with an alliance uh, situation. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, I want to go to the NFL Chiefs and Bills, 25 points, two minutes, Incredible. I mean, just phenomenal football on offense, execution, uh, a duel between Mahomes and uh, Josh Allen. What's the craziest game you were a part of, craziest finish? Well, there's there's three that jump out to me. One is the Nebraska game in 2000 and actually 99. I mean, we came from behind uh, to – have a chance to win it. We were down by 25, have a chance to win it, miss the field goal, go to overtime and lose it. And then the next year, you know, uh, I know everybody has said that they should have squib kicked that ball 
that, that Buffalo should have squib kicked that ball. Well, if you remember in 2000, I did that. I squib kicked it. It didn't go very far. Nebraska recovered, threw a pass down the field, kicked the field goal, and beat us. And that's and so uh, that's uh, you know I said get it away from three kill, kick it as far as you need to kick it. Don't let him have a chance. So I I sort of agreed with the call, but I could see why people would think it'd go the other way. But I got burned by that. Uh, I think my first year at Northwestern, we were down twenty-seven to nothing to Illinois, going in the fourth quarter, and came back and won twenty-eight twenty-seven. Uh, that, that was that was a really big crazy game, and then we played uh, Wisconsin up there, and Dane had the ball, and you know they were kicking our butt. And he fumbled the ball, and we got it back. Had one play through it in the end zone and beat them by one. So um, everybody's got those, but but those are the ones that stand out to me. Are are you calm in the midst of the comeback? Are you pacing around? What's your personality? What was your personality like on the sideline with these? You're thinking. You know, you're, you're working. You're just thinking. You're working, man. You're trying to get one play ahead and uh, not be one play behind. So you're working. You're working with your coaches. You're working with. You don't. You don't have as much contact with your players at that time because you got all your coaches on headsets. So you're all communicating, but you're working the whole time. It, it, you got to present that calm to the kids. I mean, you've you've got to be the the backbone and the everything's going to be okay, right? I mean, the eternal optimist. Right, exactly, exactly. What, what was the what was the Missouri like in '90? The fifth down game was that was that pandemonium at the end? Not till well, it was pandemonium, but we had a clear plan, and we, you know, we asked the official if we had three plays because it said second down on the box yeah, yeah. and second down up on the scoreboard, and we said, do we have three plays? And he said, yes. So Mac lined out exactly to him what we were going to do, and we did it. And uh, we got in the end zone. They gave us the touchdown. And then um, there was pandemonium at the end of that game because everybody in Missouri was mad. They didn't think we scored. And then we left the field because it was it was so crazy. There's so many people on the field. And then we had to come back on the field to kick the extra point, which, of course, we didn't kick. We yeah. just fell on it. Yeah. But that's when all of a sudden the fifth down talk started to come out. It was when we were on the way out of the locker room to complete the extra point attempt. Hmm. Jeez. That that had to be crazy. pretty nuts. Yeah. Gary Barnett's with us. Coach, uh, a thought on, on Coach B. Enemy. Is this the year? Do you think he's happy uh, still with Andy? You know, um, I don't know. I would think this would be the year with the openings, but uh, and if and if it doesn't happen now, you know, he's just got to be patient. But he's he's in a really good situation. You know, he's got the best quarterback in the world, and uh, you know they can make any play he calls look good. So <laughs> you know, I, I just tell him to be patient with it at this point in time. And you know, he's making a couple million dollars a year with the best players in the in the world. Uh, what's not to be happy about that? No, and that's people keep asking and wondering: is is this year for B enemy? And no, you just made out a great point. Maybe he's happy. Maybe he loves what he's doing. And the uh, the funding's incredible. Joe Burrow can he outduel Mahomes? He did it once. What do you think about Sunday? This, of course, has just classic uh, possibilities. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're two of the same kind of quarterbacks. And uh, I think Mahomes just has more to work with. Uh, Now, I know Burrow's got Chase, 
but but Mahomes has got the tight end, Kelsey. He's mm-hmm. got the wide receivers. I mean, he's got he's got another tight end now that's playing pretty well. I mean, he's got two backs that are terrific. So, um, you know, I don't know. It's a it could be a classic matchup. So yeah. I'm I'm eager to see it. No, I can't wait either. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity. Coach, have a great weekend. Thanks for a couple of minutes. All right, Chris. Great being with you. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Now. And now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio inside the graduate single barrel where we're at is Nebraska, Wisconsin. The men ongoing. We say hi to Danny Burke with Vison Sports Network. Burke's best bets every Thursday at 540 at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Bride of Chicago, how you feeling about the Chicago hire? Uh, you know, on my uh, Chicago City cast today, I guess the word I use best to describe it is it's fine, right? I mean, we don't necessarily know what to expect right out of the gate. I mean, an unknown commodity in terms of the head coaching position. But look, you know, I, I wanted the Bears to go offensive, and they didn't do it. They went with their typical mantra of defense, which is still okay as long as is they make the necessary offensive coordinator hire, which everybody's waiting eagerly to see who that is. But, look, Eberflus is, is a really good coach, and you've heard nothing but great things about him. And I think he could bring in a good defensive coordinator to kind of instill that tough Chicago mentality. So, for now, I'm going to trust the process, trust Ryan Poles, trust Eberflus, because he was the guy I wanted if they didn't get Flores, if they were going to go defensive-minded, Schmitty. So, you know what, like I said, it's fine. We'll see. I'm like 50-50. You know what? You got to be a little optimistic there, and yeah, you know, that that blue collar, rough defensive monster, the midway mentality, Chicagoans like that. You've got your quarterback. You just got to keep him healthy and use some of the skill or find some more skill uh, around fields. Going to be insane in Arrowhead. It'll be loud. It'll be rocking, and uh, the Chiefs are trying to get back to the Super Bowl. Uh, yet again, for uh, a third consecutive time, four straight AFC championship games, uh, Burrow and Zach Taylor and company roll in, you know, not far removed from a well, a, a big-time win in, in Cincy back in Week 15 where the Bengals were down 14-0 to Kansas City, and then Joe Burrow outdueled Mahomes, and that Cincy defense held Mahomes under 300 yards passing. Different setup, different uh, element, as uh, they'll kick off at one on Sunday, minus seven. Danny, what's your feel for this one? Is that number too high? Do you think it's uh, going to be about uh, experience, or is Cincinnati showing you that they really don't care about the experience part? They're two and zero in the postseason. 
Yeah, this game, there's there's so much to unpack for this matchup, Schmidt. And from my personal viewpoint, I think the number is set perfectly. But from some people I've talked to, some respected betters, and where you've kind of seen this line move, it seems like not only naturally is the public going to want to favor Patrick Mahomes at home, but the Sharps are kind of looking toward KC, too. I mean, you've seen a hit seven and a half in some spots, and if you still got a seven out there and you want to get involved with Kansas City, I suggest you take it sooner rather than later as this will probably only go higher as opposed towards the Bengals. So if you do still have the seven and you like it, I suggest you take it now. But I probably would lean with Kansas City here, Schmitty. I mean, look, you know, Cincinnati's awesome. Joe Burrow and that offense can be as elite as their offensive line lets them be. And that's what it really comes down to, Schmitty. I mean, look, you know, this team beat the Raiders. Okay, what they do? The Raiders, they're okay. You and I kind of had the same thoughts on them, like, not that they're getting lucky, but probably playing a little bit better than they actually were. So Cincinnati, respectable dub, came down to the wire, but they got it done. Then you're beating Tennessee, whom I've seen that honestly, and this isn't even just recency. Like, I've been low on Tennessee so often this season, and they're arguably, as it's shown now, one of the worst number one seeds in NFL postseason history. You have no good quarterback play out of Tannehill, so that was the difference maker coming down to it. And honestly, when I did bracket with some friends, like I picked Cincinnati to win that game. So all in all, I'm not surprised they're here, but what was evident is how weak and terrible that offensive front is. I mean, getting sacked nine times, you know, you can't have that happen against Patrick Mahomes in that offense where you're trying to play keep up with them. And we saw it doesn't matter how good your defense is, Schmidt. You could have the number one defense in the NFL with Leslie Frazier leading the way. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are still going to do Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs thing. So I don't think the offensive line is going to allow Burrow to keep it close enough. So I would lean toward Kansas City. I was looking at a, at a bet to make with the team total in terms of Cincinnati going under, but the number is like consensus 23 and a half. And I'm wanting to get that 24-24 in the hook, and if the total keeps rising, I might get it. So that would be another angle to approach. And then finally, the other bet I would consider would be Cincinnati Bengals' first half under 10.5 points. Their first half performances on the road, I think they've had nine road games or 11, something like that, but it's like six out of nine road games, they've stayed under that mark, and Kansas City's only allowed a few teams over that mark at home. So the home and road splits favor Kansas City for that spot. And again, I think the offensive line is really going to limit Joe Burrow. So it'll be the Chiefs and a lower scoring effort out of Zach Taylor's crew. Over under total here is 54 and a half. Uh, Are you staring at that number with any interest? Yeah, so like that's the thing, Smitty. I think this total so hard to handicap because we saw this total soar over that when they first met and then everybody saw what happened with the Chiefs and the Bills, and you automatically think two good quarterbacks, this is going to be an over. And I'm not saying that that's the wrong approach to it, but again, I just don't know if the Bengals will be able to produce enough themselves offensively to contribute to the total going over. For example, the Chiefs team total is at 30 and a half. I'd probably bet that over. I mean, the Chiefs have scored, what, 42 consecutive times now in the postseason, and they were able to get over 30 the first go-around against the Bengals, so I'm not going to be shocked to see them do that again, but I don't know if you're going to get more than 20 points out of this Bengals team. I could see it being like a, you know, 34-17 type of effort or something like that. So if you believe in Joe Burrow and that they can score against Kansas City, take the over, but if you're kind of like me and don't, then I'd probably bet the under or stay away from it. 
Danny, we got about two minutes left here, so let's move to the nightcap. Well, it's not really a nightcap, but the game kicking off at 540, which a great start time in my book, but I digress. The 49ers uh, heading to L.A., taking on the Rams. The Rams trying to be the first team in NFL history to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the 49ers on Sunday night. You know, as I'm sure many of the listeners know, if you bet a decent amount, there's always, like, one team, one player in whatever sport that just tends to screw you, whatever the hell you're betting. For me, it's been the Rams this year. I feel like... I cannot make a correct bet when it comes to Matt Stafford and this Rams crew. But, look, I mean, San Francisco's had their numbers. Shanahan has the upper hand. But it's so hard to beat a division rival and a competitive one at that twice, let alone to do it freaking three times and then in the championship game. So because of what's happened and because of how the 49ers attacked the Rams, I get the argument for taking three in the hook. I'm not advocating for laying three in the hook with the Rams. But to me, they're just a hotter team right now, and you have – the more trustworthy quarterback, and I don't say that often about Matt Stafford, but in this situation, he is the more trustworthy quarterback and can be more explosive. But if you're the 49ers, you got to put pressure on him. That's what the Bucks failed to do. And, again, like, you know, the 49ers can cover. They're so methodical with how they run the ball that maybe they cover the three in the hook. I'm hoping it comes down to three again or even lower, and then I'll probably play the Rams on the money line. So I do think the Rams win this game. My best approach would probably be betting this total under. Familiarity factor, you always think it's going to be a slower game, and because of the lack of dominance Jimmy G has, because the 49ers love to run the ball, like we talked about on their offensive and defensive side last week and why we took the under against Green Bay, same type of philosophy here. The numbers already moved down like 47 to 46. I'd probably try to wait to get like a 46.5 or buy up to 47, but I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game. Danny Burke with us, Pride of Chicago, Burke's Best Bets, Decent Sports Network, and uh, his show Rush Hour, and you can hear that all over the country with Decent Sports. Daddy, have a good uh, show, have a good uh, weekend, and we'll uh, get caught up next week. You got it. Take care, gentlemen. Enjoy the weekend. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe. Promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time here at the single barrel in front of Nebraska, Wisconsin. The women tip off at eight is turned into a snow globe outside as uh, there was a chance of snow tonight. It's coming down. Uh, It was sunny in like mid-40s earlier. Uh, I'm going to take the blame on that one. The Nebraska men right now, two minutes and change left down 10 to Wisconsin, 67-57. Some good offense a moment ago by the Big Red with a drive and kick and lat drilled a three but uh, overall just some some tough shots for the, for Nebraska uh, 
in this second half. They've been down by as many as 13 to 15 points. I think 13, uh, let me check that, has been the most they've been down by. But they cut it down to seven and then nine, and then Wisconsin answered. So uh, that's just kind of the, the story of Nebraska basketball this season. A uh, reminder about buckling up here. Hands on the wheel, eyes and mind straight ahead. The driver has one job to drive. Stay focused. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Elijah, as things closed out, the line was what? Seven, eight here? As Lance launching another three, too strong with it. And uh, Nebraska can't corral the offensive rebound. So Wisconsin's going to avenge uh, a loss they had to Sparty here at home last Friday and get on the road here if I'm out cart before the horse. I just, I guess, with 10 minutes, with 10 points, the, the difference here in a minute 40 in Wisconsin running some clock now. I don't like Nebraska's chances. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is the same old story with uh, with Nebraska basketball where there was that, what, six-minute scoring drought there in the second half, and uh, yep. Wisconsin jumped out to a lead. And you saw it coming because it's been the story of Nebraska basketball, whether it be a scoring drought or a period of five minutes where they just cannot get a stop defensively. It's going to be coming with this Husker basketball team. They, they need the perfect storm to get a win. Uh, as we've seen, it probably needs to be a home game. It needs to be a game where they jump out to a 10-15 point lead in the first half, and they just have to weather the storm the rest of the way. And we haven't seen Nebraska basketball even even close to that point so it, for me it's it's worry time of does Nebraska even get a conference win this season I think they probably do get that perfect storm at some point but uh, it's looking just as unlikely as last year or the year before that Nebraska is ever going to get this one figured out uh, at least uh, this team the, uh, this current 2021-2022 team that they're ever going to get it figured out to a point where they can e- even you know be a favorite in a game against any Big Ten opponent they, they face this year well, you got Rutgers Saturday. Rutgers beatable. But, I mean, that's that's air quotes. You're at Michigan to start February. You host Northwestern, who's been pretty competitive. And then uh, we'll be back here at the Single Barrel on Tuesday, the 9th of February. As uh, Minnesota comes to town, then at Iowa. Then you're also going to host Maryland the 18th. Wisconsin getting a backdoor. A nice coming home for Chucky Hepburn. He's an awesome player. Got a dunk on a steal a moment ago. And uh, Chuckster's been really good. Should we give those uh, tickets away, Elijah? Yeah, we should. I don't, I don't have the, uh, the, the music queued up, but uh, Volby and Ghost coming to Pinnacle Bank Arena next Friday. Got two more pairs of tickets to give away, one today, one tomorrow. Some, some Euro medal at PBA. Enjoy it. Uh, Volby and Ghost, collar four. Right now, pair of tickets for the February show at PBA 466-3776-800-825-5865. Back tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.